In the last three to four years, something has been happening in the channel partner ecostructure. We're talking about wholesale changes to partner behavior and business models. We've probably seen more changes to this relationship these past few years than in the prior 10 years. It's hard to manage. So this week on the podcast, we thought we'd talk about a tool you can use that might not be on your radar to make sure that you're spending time on the partners that matter the most to your business. This week on the show, Partner Profile. channel topics each week and answer real questions from program administrators with the help of industry experts. I'm your host, Christopher Spann, and I'm happy to have Cleon Van here to talk through this topic with me today. Happy to be here. So Cleon, partner profiling is not the most discussed topic in the channel industry, but we both feel like it really should be. Explain to the listeners why that is. There's a lot of reasons. But while technology companies have invested in the channel for infrastructure like crazy, profiling methodology hasn't been innovating to keep pace. That's mind-boggling, Cleon, because for channel partners to succeed, you need to have your partners aligned with the end-user buying behaviors. If not, it's just going to negatively impact revenue. Right. And that's not a pill you're going to want to swallow when you look over your quarterly results. I think it's crucial to understand which partner attributes your business cares most about and make sure you're setting benchmarks when selecting the new ones. You can even use those benchmarks to select partners you will think will perform and the ones you might fall short even if they aren't aligned with your goals. So now that we have a little bit of background about why partner profiling is so important, we'd like to play you an excerpt from a Perks Worldwide webinar with two of the world's experts on this subject. This webinar features Claudio Yu, the Chief Strategy Officer at Perks Worldwide, and William Jilsing, the President and Founder of channel to go And we're going to listen to a couple of listener questions at the end of the webinar. Let's take a listen. Question here is if you're having partners self-profile, won't they always really stack the deck and exaggerate their capabilities? How would you recommend um, people address that? Well, you know, one of the things well, William just showed us, right, is, is how to keep him honest, right? How to take those uh, tabulations online and compare them to actual results. And, and I'm sure William is going to expand on that. But I would also say that in real life scenarios, you know, when we've gone out there and deployed this um, for specific clients, you know, once that partner profiling is, is completed online for non-managed partners, Typically, the camp's going to go back in there, right? Um, and, and this time, it's either going to call the partner and is going to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, whether face-to-face -face or online, about that, you know, scoring, about, you know, the questions and how they were answered. And so that can be accomplished um, a whole lot better, you know, once the partner supplies, you know, the, the responses to the questionnaire. Um, and other than, because the typical, you know, four or five years ago, you had the CAM had to go out there, so they never really profiled everybody. So it's actually the CAM who's going to go back in there and keep them honest. Yeah, I think to add to that, Claudio, first of all, it does happen, right? Let's be real. I mean, partners mm -hmm. are, are, gonna, are going to paint a picture that's rosier than reality, but um, let's talk about two classifications of partners where this, this may be a challenge. 
it's not a challenge with top tier partners because you know them better and general account managers are managing them. So camps will always have the opportunity and, and we'll go back and audit that partner, if you will, and make sure that the profile is accurate. Um, the, the challenge comes in with unmanaged partners, number one, and prospective partners. So how do, you, how do you profile those partners in particular? And I think there's a couple of ways to make sure that you're as accurate as you can be uh, with that partner profiling exercise. When you're looking at partners that are unmanaged, um, you still have performance records, right? You still know more about um, their, their certifications. You know about how they perform. You can do that RFM analysis which would be a, a quick benchmark to say, okay, um, this is where this partner should be based on performance. You can also do some um, web checking. So, for example, you can go to a partner's website and say, okay, do they really have the certifications that they claim to have? And if they do, they would most likely uh, demonstrate that on their website. Now, with prospective partners, you don't have revenue performance, obviously. But you can do um, a number of things. You can, once they self-profile, you can do an audit check and probe and ask some questions um, just to make sure that what they're feeding back to you sounds like it's a real situation. Uh, it is correct. Another, uh, another effort you might want to make is to do web checking. You know, go back to their websites and make sure that the information on the website is not in contradiction to the way they've self-profiled themselves, for example, with, with regard to certifications. You can use your internal staff here or your outbound staff to do some of that checking and auditing. So I would always recommend to do some verification, to do some audits and spot check. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you both for that. Here's, here's another question. I think, William, why don't you go ahead and at least start the answer. Aren't percentages or weights assigned to attributes somewhat arbitrary? Um, nothing in real life, just certainly when it comes to channel, is, is pure science, right, or is 100% science. And what I indicated before I think is important, which is to make this a workshop exercise and to get the core folks that are associated or involved with channel, involved in setting the weights and assigning the attributes. A lot can be said about um, what, what it is that you're looking for just by looking at your top performers. So what attributes are aligned with top performance, which is you know, one of the things we talked about. And that really should be the basis. Um, and that will help you do an initial stack ranking. Uh, the other thing is, you know, channel intelligence and channel knowledge around the table. Uh, the folks that have been involved with channel in sales and marketing, etc., channel account managers, can really deliver some insights together with the, the the data that you're looking at to arrive at the right kind of weights. And then the third point I'll mention is check and verify, right? An exercise at, at Partner profiling and value scoring exercise is not a one-time situation. You want to be, you want to make sure that you actually go through and do some auditing and checking, and then reevaluate again um, on an annual basis. Excellent, thank you. Um, so 
one more one more question, and then I think um, we'll wrap it up. But what if I have different partner types in my partner ecosystem? Do I have to develop multiple partner profiles? Yeah, I think William, you want to answer that. Yeah, so it depends. It depends a lot on your business. Uh, if you have a set of business solutions that pertain to different markets and different end user customers, you're going to in your route to market analysis, you're going to assign and and identify different partner types that can best um, address that particular customer and have likewise customers in their database. That then means that you will develop a couple of sets of partner profiles, more than one, to cater to those different markets and to those different partner types. Um, and so, yeah, it's important to customize if you have different markets, end user markets, and different solution sets. Excellent. Thank you. So one more just came in. Um, Claudia, I'll throw this one over to you. Okay. Um, you, you showed a tool here, and William is talking about services. Do we have to buy a tool to really be able to execute partner profiling? Not really. Um, absolutely not. I mean, this has been done um, manually on Excel spreadsheets uh, you know, for a number of years. Um, but if you belong to a large organization, the only way you're going to be able to scale this is going to be um, using some form of a tool with which you can tackle both managed partners and non-managed partners, right? The big issue here is that, for the most part, suppliers out there do know that top 20% of partners um, you know, that bring the 80% of revenue, right? They know who they are. They are managed partners. Uh, camps are you know, meeting with them on an ongoing basis. It's the non-managed partner community where opportunity lies. It's a non-managed partner community where growth uh, may be achieved. So, you know, to reach that audience, um, it, you're going to need a, a, you know, a tool to scale. It's as simple as that. But is it required? Absolutely not. All right. That's it for this week's episode of Burning Questions in the Channel. I hope you learned something about digital transformation, how your organization can profile the right partners, and how to adapt to the new ecosystem. Definitely. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell your colleagues, friends, and bosses about it and share it on social media. We want to start these conversations and hear your thoughts and concerns. So, for anyone who would like to learn more, you can check out the full webinar, Partner Profiling, The Good, The Bad, and The Very Ugly, in the link in our description. Thanks so much to everyone who has already subscribed and to those who haven't. We strongly encourage you to hit subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you might be using. See you next time, and good luck profiling your partners.